just like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able Lord of all time And eternity Dear friend, every word that God speaks is alive and full of power to inform and transform, to make us what He desires us to be. The entrance of His word will give you light. Truth produces roots, and then the roots will produce fruits. God bless you. This message was preached by Dr. Ferdinand Mwegi, coordinator of Eternity Ministries. We believe you will be edified. For the inquiries, contact. Eternity Ministries, P.O. Box 2637, Bauchi, Nigeria, or telephone 0807 570 5411 or 0802 361 5940 or send us an email at eternitymean@yahoo.com. you for these precious brothers and sisters thank you that you have a future for these leaders that you have brought thank you for the opportunity lord to invest in their lives now lord bring wisdom bring clarity bring impact and the things that you are doing in their lives today father will generate consequences for the glory of god fruit that will abide fruit that will abound in the name of jesus now I speak understanding, clarity into their spirit in Jesus' name. And Lord, beyond all the talk and all the information, let there be inflammation in their hearts and in their bones that they will leave this place, Father, with a fire burning in their spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now... I want to speak to you about how you can you can fulfill the will of God for your life how you can prosper in God's purpose prospering in God's purpose how can you become everything that God has ordained for you to become throughout this week various inputs have been made into your heart I mean you've spent a lot of time uh, studying studying in different directions and you also have gotten understanding about the necessity of uh, several components. You know, my friend, uh, who is the uh, executive secretary of CMDA, Prof. Uh, Professor Noka, you know, we, he, he shared with me about this vision, and I was so blessed at the different components that are packaged to bring a holistic approach to the training. 
and you have experienced quite some of that. What I want to do is to provide some kind of summary that will help you to keep the whole thing focused, um, even as you leave this place. And then, of course, at the end, also pray for you uh, so that you can receive some impartation um, before you leave. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. The first thing I'd like you to note is that God has a purpose. Number two, God has a people. Okay, let me put it the other way. Number one is that God has a purpose. So write down purpose, God's purpose. Number two is that God has a plan for fulfilling his purpose. So write down plan. Number three is that God has a people that are going to follow his plans to fulfill his purpose. So you have God's purpose, God's plan, and then God's people. And then number four, number four, very important, is that God provides platforms for his people to follow his plans to fulfill his purpose. What you have just written down there, you can add now number five to it, power, God's power. So you have God's purpose, then you have God's plan, then you have God's people, then number four, you have God's platforms, and then number five, what do you have as number five? God's power. This five-fold chain is the summary of how the purposes of God are implemented on planet Earth. When any part of the chain is broken, people wonder, they say, how will God allow this to happen? Look in this chain, you will see the missing link. It may be that the people of God have not connected with the plan of God. It may be that the people of God know the plan, but they have not experienced the power that will ensure the execution of divine purpose. So what is the purpose of God? The purpose of God is very clear. That the glory of God, the earth, shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. The glory of God filling the earth, that's God's purpose. When those people rebelled against God, remember in the book of Numbers, and Moses was asking God to forgive, God said, look, I have forgiven as you have asked, but as surely as I live, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. So the salvation of souls is part of the glory of God. As people get saved, then the nature of God come into them and as they live the life of light, as they live as God's children and impact society and trans bring transformation to planet earth, the glory of God is revealed through their lives as they shine for his glory. So that in summary is the purpose of God. So the glory of God is now revealed in relationships through people that are transformed by the grace of God. The glory of God is revealed in the marketplace as people um, work and relate with people, as honesty permeates society, as people who have not heard come to know Jesus as Savior, as, as people experience the love of God in Christ. The glory of God 
begins to fill the earth. It's revealed. It drives away darkness. And all of this is not until we get to heaven. It begins now. And then it is, it is maximized and finalized when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back in glory to establish his kingdom here on earth. Now, what is God's plan? The plan of God is his pattern. Is his pattern for accomplishing his purpose. It's his blueprint that is revealed in scripture. God said to Moses, see to it that you build everything according to the pattern that has been revealed to you on the mountain. I'm sure you remember that statement. Uh, I think this is um, Hebrews chapter 8. Now, you remember when David was going to build the temple or when he was preparing for the temple, he received a pattern and he handed that pattern over to his son Solomon. In First Chronicles, when you read First Chronicles 28 and chapter 29, you will see where David said to Solomon, you see this pattern that I have here, don't change it, don't alter it. It was given to me by the hand of the Lord upon me. And David now provided all the different uh, materials that were needed in the pattern. So he said, I'm providing, I've provided the gold for the things of gold, silver where silver is needed, wood where wood is needed, precious stones. So there were multi-dimensional uh, components to the plan. Did you understand? The plan that God had for the temple, just look at this beautiful place where we are. Notice that this building is made up of different materials. It's not just concrete and mortar. You have tiles, you've got lights, you've got cables, you, you, you've got all kinds of different things. You've got glass in some places. You've got iron. All of those different things are required um, in, this, in the plan for this place. Likewise, the plan of God contains multiple components. And listen, this is very important. I won't get into detail. Um, you can, we have some resources along this line that you can get. We call it divine protocols. You, you, the, the plan of God contains different components. And a lot of people fail in life because they assume that the plan just contains one item. So they want to use one item for everything. Let me give you an example. Some Christians want to use prayer to solve all the problems. But the, the, the plan of God does not just contain prayer. Which is why Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and pray for all the nations. Is that what Jesus said? What did he say to do? Make disciples. Preach the gospel. So there will be a place for prayer and there will be a place for preaching. Open your mouth and preach. Then there is a place for practical action that is not words. So all of these are inside the plan. So the purpose of God functions on the plan. The purpose runs the plans are the blueprint for fulfilling the purpose. But then the purpose and the plans don't fulfill themselves. God fulfills all of that through his people. Through his people. And the plan of God involves all of God's people in God's purpose. I said the plan of God involves what? Every one of God's people. In God's purpose. God gives every one of his people a place in his purpose. 
That statement is so important. I want to show you two scriptures. Both of them are in chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians. Let's, let's go to that place. Ephesians chapter 4. Prospering in God's purpose. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Okay. Now, look at from verse 4. There is, help me, there is what? One, I want you to count all the ones in this passage. There is one body and one spirit and just as we are called in one hope of how many calling your calling one calling and look at verse 5 one Lord one faith one baptism there is one Lord how many faith everybody there is one faith how many baptisms one baptism how many gods one God and how many fathers one father of how many of all who is above all he is through all and he is in you all now can someone tell me the number of ones that we have in that passage one body one spirit um, one hope one calling one lord one faith one baptism one god one father Eight. Eight. At least eight. One, 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 one. Point. Question. Question. Who divided a family that has all of this one, 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 one? Who divided them into two groups? Who divided them into full-time and part-time? Who divided them into those that have been called and those who have not been called? One faith one Lord, one baptism, one spirit. So the people that are called full-time, how many spirits do they have? The people that are called so-called part-time, how many spirits do they have? One hope. The people that are called full-time, do they have a double hope that now is so serious that they should be full-time, whereas the rest of the people have half hope or three-quarter hope that they should be part-time? divided a family that has all of these categories into two into two classes clergy and laity who did that certainly it is not the holy spirit because this is the family of god that we are talking about can you imagine your family god forbid that where you have some of your children as first class citizens and then others are second class some are full-time children of yours and others are part-time children. Maybe their father is different. <laughs> God forbid that in your house. Now, now can somebody read um, the NIV so that you can see the simplicity in verse 6. Help me to read verse 6, somebody. One God. There's one God and father of all. Who is over all? Who is over all? And through all. Is this NIV you are reading? Yes. Who is over all and through all? And in all. And in all. Does somebody have even a simpler version? Yes. Read. Easy to read or NLT. That verse. Just 
There is one God. One God. And Father of us all. And Father of us all. <laughs> father of the big man of God and Father of the of the small child of God. Who rules over everyone? Who rules over everyone? He walks through all of us. He walks through how many of us? So he walks through how many of us? All of us, yes, and in all of us, and he is present in how many of us? He is present in all of us. So, since he walks through all of us, now everybody, now look at the next verse. Is that verse 7? Look at what he says in verse 7. Christ gave each one of us a special gift. So, because he walks through all of us, he gave each one of us a special gift. The other version says, to, to every one of us, look at it in that verse 7. He said, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. To how many people was grace given? Every one of us. Thank you, my brother. But is it the same grace and the same gift that is given to every one of us? I'm asking a question. No. Just like your body. Do you know that every part of your body has grace that is given to it? Your eyes have grace to see. But your kidneys also have grace. But it's not grace to see. <laughs> you understand glomerular filtration? It's grace to filter stuff and keep your body free from toxins and poison floating around in your blood. Your liver also has grace. And your heart has grace. Will it be correct for the eyes to claim that is the one who is full time? And then and then that your pancreas is not full time. <laughs> you don't know how this has cheated the church. Because once you divide the church of Jesus Christ into part time and full time, then you can also expect part time commitment. Why should you expect people that are part time? To show full-time commitment. Why should they be serious with the things of God? It is the people who are full-time. You are the one that should know Bible. You are the one that should pray and fast. You are the one that should have anointing. You, After all, you are full-time. But those of us who are part-time, we will be supporting you. Which verse are you quoting? Which verse are you quoting? Do you know that there are no part-time members of your body? Why should there be part-time members of the body of Christ? <laughs> you know, all of you, you are doctors. Do you know that the simple definition of health is when all the members of your body are doing their work full-time? What is sickness? Sickness is when certain parts of your body begin to function part-time. May you not have a part-time kidney. <laughs> Some of you forgot you missed a good place to say a good amen. But I felt that amen, no, amen, no. Can you imagine that somebody has a part-time heart? Your heart is beating part-time. <laughs> it will beat buku, buku, buku. Then it will take a break. <laughs> 
is bad news. Then when he comes back, he does it stop. You're dealing with all kinds of arrhythmias and all kinds of this is crazy stuff. You don't want it. So you are healthy because your heart is beating full time. Your kidneys are working full time. Every part of your body is doing their job full time. Everyone is maximizing grace. Hey, everyone is maximizing grace from their different platforms. Do you notice that all the different parts of your body are not located in the same place? They are not located in the same place. There's a reason why your heart is inside that chest cavity, protected from that in that corner, from where it is, is resourcing the whole body with oxygenated blood. There's a reason. Every part of the body, your spleen, even the parts that look as if they have no job, you are the one that thinks they have no job. To every one of us, grace is given. So what happens when every one of us maximizes the grace that we have been given from our platform? The whole body grows. But what if some of us refuse to accept the fact that they are as full-time as everybody else? You don't understand how this idea that everybody is going to preach from a church pulpit, how it has cheated the church. And by the way, how many people go to church? More people come to hospital than go to church. More people go to schools than go to church. More people go to the bank than go to church. More people go to the shopping malls and the markets than go to church. So we are better to reach the people than where they are located. But the people whose responsibility it is to follow the plan of God to reach them so that the purpose of God can be fulfilled. God's people that are located in those places have been paralyzed by the idea that they are part-time. So God has a people and every one of God's people takes their place in God's purpose using the plan of God so that the will of God can be fulfilled on earth. Now, for every one of God's people, what does God do for them? He provides a platform. Now, look at the same Ephesians chapter 4. So, look at now. Let's continue to read it from verse 8. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men or to people. Now, this he ascended what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. Look at verse 11. And he himself gave some. Do you notice the word some there? Some. To be what? Apostles. Some prophets. Some evangelists. Some pastors. And some teachers. Notice is some. But verse 7 has already told you that to each one of us, to every one of us. So apart from the specific ministry gifts that you have in verse 11, every one of us is also giving something. Now, keep reading. 
So even all these people in verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists and all that. Why did he do so? Look at the answer in verse 12. Why? Read it for me, everybody. For what? The equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Who, who are the saints, everybody in this place? Those are God's people, correct? So what is the job of apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists? What is their job? I can't hear you. What is their job? To equip the saints so that who will do the work of the ministry? The saints will do the work of the ministry. But who do we have now doing the work of the ministry? It is the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists. They are the ones who are in ministry. They are the ones who are doing the work of the ministry. But what is their job? Their job is not to do the work of ministry all by themselves. Their job is to equip all of God's people, all of the saints, to do the work of the ministry. Why is that so? Because the work of the ministry is too big for only apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers to do. How many are they in the body? And when will they reach a world of 7.8 billion people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now, watch, watch this. So, then, till we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, now, jump down to verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, all of us will grow up in all things unto him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body, somebody say the whole body. I didn't hear some of you, the whole body, one more time now. The whole body, the whole body. Hey, hey, listen here, brother. God is, God is, he didn't say everybody on the pulpit, he said the whole body. God has gone beyond this superstar ministry that some people are doing. The day of the superstar preacher is over. God is working on the whole body. The whole body. He's preparing the whole body. He's mobilizing the whole body. The whole body. Joined and knit together by that which every joint. How many joints? Every joint. What every corner supplies. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every corner, every part, the effective working of every corner, every part, every component, the whole body. Then the whole body will now grow. Does somebody have the NLT? Help me to read the NLT in verse, in verse 16. NLT, please. Verse 16. Yes. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does his own, its own special work. I want you to listen. Do you know that the work of each part is special in its own right? What the eyes does is special. But what your skin also does is special. And the eye can't do that. You see, the assumption that the only person who is special is the person who is preaching from the church pulpit is a joke. The brother who is in business and is making money, God is raising him as a kingdom treasurer to advance kingdom agenda with kingdom 
resources. His job is also special. And pastor can't do that. The doctor who is employing skills in hospital. Do you know that the pastor who is preaching on the pulpit, a day may come when he is sick, he needs some serious medical intervention. That's the day we find out that doctor is special. He said, but he doesn't have anointing. Who told you? You, you have anointing. You prayed for miracle. The miracle didn't happen. And then you came to hospital. The doctor used the wisdom God gave him to treat you. And then you recovered. Then you come back to the pulpit now. And then you are saying that you are the only one that is called by God. Who told you that your work is not special? You don't understand what I'm doing this evening. I'm trying to radicalize you. You see, as long as you have this regular church mentality and you don't take responsibility, you don't get to see yourself as a full-time minister. I'm saying to you, you don't hear what I'm saying, no. I'm preaching a revolution. <laughs> Some people won't like what I'm saying. They are going to say, but Fernand, are you telling all our church members that they are full-time? Yes! That's exactly what I'm saying. Because that's what the Bible said. He said, but they are not ordained. Who told you what you are saying? Jesus Christ said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Are you saying that people that have been ordained by Jesus Christ have not been ordained until you ordained them in your church? Is that what you are saying? And by the way, when you are doing your human ordination, you have no right to ordain people who have not already been ordained by God. Human ordination can only be a confirmation of divine ordination. And even if they are not ordained to pastor a church, they are ordained to bear fruit. So are they not ordained? You say you are the only one who is anointed. Who told you? He said, all of you, 1 John chapter 2 verse 20, all of you, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. He said, you have no need that anybody should teach you. But as that anointing is resident inside you and as it teaches you, ah, so you shall do. Are you saying that people that have the Holy Spirit are not anointed? Are you the only one that is filled with the Holy Spirit? How many spirits did we read in that chapter 4 there? He said, it's one spirit. You better not have two man of God each part is special you don't know what is going to happen to you if you step out of this place and as you are walking into the hospital you know that you are called by God you are posted by God to this territory and you are saying you will not be my patient and go to hell the purpose of God will be fulfilled in your life you will meet the master that I am carrying inside you know who told you that miracles only happen in church is that what you read in the bible the Bible said they brought the sick into the church so that the shadow of Peter passing by will heal them. Is that what he says? No, on the streets. This anointing that works only inside church is suspect. The Bible says wherever Jesus went, Mark chapter 6, verse 56, wherever Jesus went, they brought the people out into the marketplaces. And they begged him to touch even the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it, they were made well. I have seen miracles in medical practice. Miracles. Miracles. Okay, so one day I came, while I was in active, in, in, um, you know, I left active medical practice in 2016 years ago. I mean, and it is not because, 
I, medical practice was a, an excellent platform for me to preach the gospel. I was president of NCC, NCMDS in my, in my campus. When, when this is somewhere in the 80s, like I mentioned to you. And we were taught caring for the whole man. I knew that I am a, I'm a preacher who happens to be a doctor. I'm, high, I'm here in the hospital. So when the people come, they think I'm a regular doctor, but I'm a man of God. I'm a preacher of the gospel. So we preached, we prayed, we lead people to Christ in the hospital. Who told you that God's miracle working power cannot work in the world? Who told you that? One day I came to, I came to work in the hospital and in the courtyard of my private hospital, there is this tree, this fruit tree in the middle of the courtyard. I came and the nurse said, he said, doctor, bees have invaded the place. I came out, bees, in the, in the middle of a private hospital. That is bad news. You are trying to treat sicknesses and you are going to multiply these things in the place. I stood in the courtyard. I said, you bees, this is a hospital. You have no right to be here. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get away from here. All the bees disappeared. From, from, this, is, this is not church. This is hospital. Oh, don't be like the Israelites. The Bible said they turned back and they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. If you limit him to church, you will see manifestations in church. But if you carry him into the hospital and you carry him into the different components of life, you will see the power of God manifested through your life. Somebody say an amen to what I just said. Amen. Come on, give God praise in this place. Give him praise. Can you accept that you have a special place in God's purpose? You're not done, sister. Please keep reading for me. Start afresh. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Yes. As each part does its own special work. Yes. It helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy. So that the whole body is healthy. And growing. And full of love. Thank you very much. So there is the part that is done by apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and pastors and there is a part that is done. So there is growth from the ministry of those people and then there is also the growth that can only come as each part of the body is doing their special work. Does this make sense to you? Go with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. This is a passage of scripture that you are quite familiar with. But I'd like us to read it uh, with a new perspective. Matthew chapter 5. Look at verse 14. You are the what? The The light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp. Everybody say, light a lamp. And then when you light this lamp, what do you do? He said, nor do they light a lamp and put it where? Under a bushel or under a basket. But where do they place it, everybody? They place it on a candlestick, on a lampstand. And then what does the light do now? 
it gives light to everybody that is in the house. Now, you know the kind of lamp that Jesus was talking about is not this type of uh, fluorescent lamp. It's that kind of lamp that we have in our villages. What do you call them in your village? What do you call Mpanaka. Achibarabara. Eh? Fitila. You know Fitila? Eh? You know that thing that has a, a little box that has oil or wax, paraffin, kerosene or something, and then there's a wick. Hmm? So when you want to light that kind of lamp, what do you do, literally? You increase the wick. Okay, well, yes. You trim off the dead part, then you raise the wick, make sure there's some oil. Then what do you do? What do you do? You strike a match, exactly. So when you strike the match, the match is burning now, right? And then what do you do? You hold it to the, um, uh, the wick. You hold it there. You maintain contact until what happens? Until the wick catches fire. Then when the wick catches fire and it starts burning, what happens? Then the light begins to shine. Then what do you do with your matchstick? And then you, you trash it. Now, question. What is the source of the light from the lamp? Why is the lamp shining? Because it's burning. If the fire stops burning, what will happen to the light? So the light is a consequence of the fire. <laughs> you, you have to understand this because we, have, we are going to pray about this tonight here. Yeah? The light is a consequence of the fire. The quickest way to put out the light is to snuff out the fire. Once you can quench the fire, then the light is gone. Because it is as the thing is burning that it is emitting light. It's emitting light particles. Do you know that in nature, there is no light without fire? Do you know that if you look outside, you see, you see sunlight. What you call sunlight is actually light that is coming from the sun. The light that you see now left the surface of the sun eight minutes ago. Eight minutes. This light is not the one that is coming out from the sun right now. No, 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 no. The distance is so much. Earth to the sun is 93 million miles, 149 million kilometers. Can you imagine 149 million kilometers? That's how far the sun is. So when the sun emits light, the light starts traveling at the speed of light. Who remembers? 186,000 miles per second, 300,000 kilometers. Imagine traveling 300,000 kilometers per second. That's the speed of light. So the light from the surface of the sun is traveling at that speed. It takes, it travels for eight minutes, eight minutes to get to planet Earth. That is what you call sunlight. When you look at the sun, it looks round and nice. No, 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 no. The guy is not nice at all. Scientists tell us that the sun is like billions of nuclear bombs going off at the same time. The sun you see in the sky is one million times the size of planet Earth. Do you understand? The sun can swallow one million Earths. 
That's how big it is. But because of the distance, that's why it looks more like that. And there are what, what you call solar flares. Solar flares. What are solar flares? They are flames that shoot out from the surface of the sun. At times they are like 200,000 kilometers long. Imagine flame do eruptions. That's how different aspects of the surface of the sun. Superheated gases that are on fire. That is the sun you have up in the sky. So the, the earth receives sunlight because the sun is a raging ball of fire. God is light. Why is God light? Because God is a consuming fire. You see, you cannot be light. Listen, listen, listen. You cannot be, be fire and not be light. It's impossible. So the reason God is light is because he's a consuming fire. As God, Paul, do you know the Bible talks about the new heavens and and the new Jerusalem, the city of God. The Bible says the city has no need of sunlight or an electricity company. He said the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, they are the light of the city. Somebody say it's figurative. Don't figuratize what God has concretized. What do you mean figurative? There's nothing figurative. He's telling you that the whole place doesn't need electricity company or sunlight that the light is a person so imagine a person who is blazing a person that is on fire light is emitting out of jesus christ and lighting a city that is a thousand five hundred miles square twelve thousand stadia the bible says the new jerusalem Imagine a city that is 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, and 1,500 miles high. What I'm describing to you is in the Bible. This is New Jerusalem. 1,500 miles long, wide, and high. Skyscrapers. Hallelujah. Imagine skyscrapers that are 1,500 miles into the sky. This is the city of God. And the Bible says, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, he is the light of this city. Why is that so? Because he is ablaze. When John saw Jesus Christ on the island of Patmos, John said, when I saw him, his head and his hairs were white like wool. He said, his eyes were like flames of fire. I looked at his feet. John said his feet was like brass burning in a furnace. When, John, when, when Paul, Peter saw, and of course, John said he was clothed with a robe down to his feet. After, and he said his countenance was like the sun shining in its full strength. John said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his hand on me and he said, get up. When Paul saw Jesus on the way to Damascus, he said, I saw a light brighter than the noonday sun. Oh, one man of God bless me. He said, any light that is brighter than the sun is the sun. <laughs> Unto you that fear my name shall the sun of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. 
and you shall go forth as calves out of the storm. Jesus is the light because he's on fire. You know why I'm telling you all this? Way back on campus, there is this popular, you know, theme. Arise and shine, arise and shine, arise and shine. And I'm wondering, how am I going to shine? How am I going to shine? How am I going to shine? Until one day God showed me John chapter 5 verse 35. Go to that scripture. John 5 35. Oh, glory to the Son of God. Glory, glory, glory to the Son of God. Have you seen John 5 35? What does he say? Talking about John the Baptist. He said he was a burning and a shining light. And you were willing for a season to do what? To rejoice in his light. John the Baptist was what? Everybody please. He was a burning and a shining light. Which one came first? The burning. It was the burning that produced the shining. You see that scripture, you cannot reverse the order. You cannot say, many scriptures, if you change the order, you have changed the meaning. That's the problem with some Bible translations. Once you change, you can say, he was a shining and a burning light. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible says. He was a burning and a shining light. Just like the lamp, you remember? When you light the lamp, what did you do to the lamp? You set it on fire. Then the lamp started to burn. And then as the lamp is burning, what's the consequence? Then it is shining. You see, John the Baptist was a burning and a shining light. And the Spirit of God said, if there is a fire burning inside your life, you will shine. The reason it is so difficult, do you know that light does not struggle to shine? If there is a fire burning, then the light will shine. He said, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in John's light. So listen, they were rejoicing in the light of John the Baptist, but they were not ignited by the fire. I said they rejoice in the light of John the Baptist. This is the mistake of today's church. When you see people that God is using and they are on fire, they are burning, you rejoice in their light. You want to touch their shoe to tap anointing. You want to pray them to pray for you so you can receive a miracle. What should you be doing rather? You will go beyond rejoicing in their light to contracting their fire. So since all they did was to rejoice in the light, their experience was for a season. It was temporary. When the man that was on fire was cut off by Herod and was killed, what happened? They went back to their darkness. But what if they had contracted the fire? What if they came close enough to catch the fire that was burning in the man? Then when that man is taken out, was taken out of the way, the fire that is burning in their own lives will have continued. Why did I go into all this? It was from Matthew chapter, chapter 5. He said, nobody lights a lamp and then does what? Puts it under a basket or under a bushel. But what do you do with your lamp, everybody? You place it on a lampstand. Now, let's follow the story. So, what is the lampstand for the lamp? It's a platform. It's a platform for what? It's a platform from where the light is to shine. Question. Assuming this platform, lampstand, was in your sitting room and you wanted light in your bedroom, what would you do? Do you carry the platform? 
I'm asking, do you carry the platform? What do you carry? You carry your lamp. So the lamp is mobile. You carry the lamp and then you bring it to your bedroom. And when you get to your bedroom, what do you do? You place it on a platform. Then your lamp is burning and it's shining. But where is it shining now? In your bedroom. Assuming you wanted light in your bathroom, you went to the bathroom. So what do you do when you get into the bathroom there? You find another platform, right? And you put your lamp. And then your lamp is shining. Your lamp is shining. Question. Is the lamp part-time or full-time? Do you notice that you cannot have a part-time lamp? A part-time lamp is darkness. Because if it is a lamp sometimes, and it is not a lamp some other times, what, what, is, what is happening in between is darkness. <laughs> a part-time Christian is a full-time sinner. Because it means that he is mixing, so he is light sometime, and then he is darkness some other time. Then another time he, he gets, he shows some light. Then another time darkness, and that is not the life of a child of God. Now, question: So as long as this lamp is on fire, everybody, listen now. Don't don't, don't miss this matter now. As long as this lamp is on fire, do you know that the light will continue to shine? Whether it is shining from this platform or from that platform or from that platform or from other platforms, that light will continue to shine. Is that true or false? Now, here is the point. God provides platforms for his lamps on fire. So the plan of God is that every believer is a lamp on fire. Oh God, hasten the day, hasten the day. When every believer is a lamp on fire, burning and shining from every platform, that is what the end time revival is going to look like. I just described something to you. So imagine what is going to happen when you have, so you see, what we are used to, listen everybody, what you are used to is lamps on fire, burning and shining from the church. But listen to what is coming. You are going to find lamps on fire, burning and shining in hospitals, burning and shining on campuses, burning and shining in education, burning and shining in schools, in government offices, burning and shining in the media. Lamps on fire, not in any way inferior to the lamp on fire inside the church, but this is a lamp on fire burning in the different corners of society. As on fire as the one in the church pulpit. The, the question is, why not? How many fathers do we have? Everybody, remember the ones? One father, one Lord, one baptism. How many spirits? One spirit. How many hope? One hope. How many calling? One calling. So you see, the platforms are going to change. Don't forget where we started. God provides, God has a purpose. The purpose of God runs on God's plans, executed by God's people, operating from their God-ordained platforms, 
operating in God's power. So God provides platforms for his people. And he provides unique platforms. Why does he do that? Because he wants light in every corner of the earth. Until earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How is that going to happen from a church corner? How is that going to happen with church operating from a corner? In, in Acts chapter 26, Brother Paul told Agrippa, told, he said, look, when they say, this is, you are mad, your great learning is making purpose. He said, look, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. The king knows that what I'm talking about is true. This thing didn't escape his notice. Because this thing was not done in a corner. This thing was not done in a corner. He said, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophet? <laughs> this guy is on trial. He's putting the king on trial. That is Christianity. That is biblical Christianity. Give God a clap of it. You understand what I'm talking about? We are not talking about. We are not talking about. Hey, hallelujah. We are not talking about playing chicken. We're standing before the king and he's putting him on the spot. I know you believe, King Agrippa. Do you believe the prophets? Say amen. Amen. <laughs> almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Paul said, Why are you putting almost to the thing? <laughs> eh? I want you to be like me. <laughs> oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. Hey. My consultants in medical school, when I finished, you know. My, doing my house job from his unit I bought him a bible I bought him a bible very intelligent man wow JK very intelligent stately like this when he's walking erudite he studied in the UK after some time of what was going on in Nigeria he went back to the UK very intelligent I bought him a bible I said sir I have a gift for you thank you very much for teaching me I gave him the bible a friend of mine told me that later many years and I didn't know this man, I think this consultant, my consultant, was married to his relative. So he went to their house in London, and there was this Bible in the consultant's house, and he opened it, presented by Dr. Ferdinand Mweke to Dr. Susan and person. He said, Ferdinand, you gave your consultant that Bible. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. He needs a Bible. <laughs> you don't think he needs a Bible? He does. <laughs> The kingdom does not advance by playing chicken. When you are carrying the lion of the tribe of Judah inside you. This thing was not done in a corner. Who put church in a corner? Who put the church in a corner? When we have people everywhere. Does Satan operate from a corner? Which corner is the devil not invading? You will find him in the media corner. He has, he has taken control of Nollywood. He is the chief of the corner there. Vomiting wickedness through the films he's manufacturing. From Hollywood to Bollywood in India to Nollywood in Nigeria. Gallywood in, in Ghana. He's pouring out filth from that corner. And where you are hiding in your church corner, what the devil is producing from his many corners will meet you in your church corner. Sure, you don't want to be present in the educational corner. The devil will occupy the educational corner. Generate the curriculum that will be taught to your children. Tell the church to get out of the corner. 
tell the church to take the church out of church because as salt is not needed in salt church is not needed in church do you need your salt in the, in the pot of salt you need the light where you have plenty light already ah, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never comprehended or apprehended it God provides platforms. Look in the Old Testament. There are ministry platforms. Was everybody a priest in the Old Testament? Some people were judges. And he said, you judges, you are sitting in the seat of God. So you must do justice. But they were not priests in the temple. Some were kings. Some were prophets. Some were minstrels. Some were servants. Fetching water. You don't understand the day Solomon killed 1,000 cows. You can calculate the quantity of blood that was flowing that day. How many liters of blood in a cow? You are not veterinary doctors, you are human doctors, so you wouldn't know the answer to that. I don't know. How many liters of blood in a human being? Eh? About five liters. So imagine a cow now. Let's use 10 liters, even though a cow is double your size, more than double your size. <laughs> Imagine that you have 10 liters of blood in one cow. Not is 10 liters, it will be 20 liters or more. They multiply by 1,000 cows. 20,000 liters of blood pouring from cows that day. There we are Gibeonites that we are fetching water to wash it away. We are they serving God or they we are not serving God? If they didn't do that, they would, you know blood is a good culture medium for bacteria. An epidemic would have wiped Israel out where they are making sacrifice. But there were people, special people in their special place. Who were, as the blood is flowing, they are pouring the water and washing, cleaning the place and getting firewood to burn the offering. Everybody functioning in his place. Come over to the New Testament. Was everybody an apostle or a prophet? No. There were administrators. Look in the Old Testament, you see people like Daniel. Do you notice that Daniel was not a pastor? I'm asking, was he a pastor? Was he a church reverend? Was he a priest? Daniel was not a priest. But was he less spiritual? So Daniel was deeply spiritual and thoroughly professional. Tight. I just made a statement you need to listen to because this is the revival that is coming. He was deeply spiritual and thoroughly professional. And look at the impact. Look at the impact of his life. <laughs> Daniel was not a reverend though, but Daniel wrote revelations that reverends, many reverends cannot understand. So they, they, they handle Daniel chapters 1 to 6. Then they jump to chapter 11 verse 32. <laughs> the people that do not their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. What about the goats and the ram <laughs> in chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, the king of the south and the king of the north and the, and the four winds that will be pushing against each other. They say, leave that to the Lord for now. Leave that to the Lord. <laughs> so the man was a vice president, but he wrote scripture that many pastors don't understand. Was he full-time or part-time? It was somebody like him 
that brought Nebuchadnezzar to his knees before Jehovah. Do you know, I believe that King Nebu will be in heaven. Read Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4 was not written by Daniel. I said the book of Daniel chapter 4 was not written by Daniel. It was written by King Nebuchadnezzar. You can, why are you looking at me? You can open your Bible and be checking the thing. Don't believe anything because some funny preacher said it. Check the thing for yourself. Don't say amen to foolishness. By the way, I recommend that when they say you should say amen in church, tell the man to wait so that you check what he said. <laughs> say, wait, 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 sir, let me check first. Be like the Bereans. Read verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king. To all the peoples everywhere. Eh? Peace. All the people in the different nations. Yes? And languages, and languages that, dwell in all the that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to, Peace be multiplied to all of you. <laughs> I thought it good to share my testimony of all the miracles and wonders. Yes? That the Most High God, that the most high God has worked in my life. How great are, <laughs> How great are His signs? How mighty are His wonders? <laughs> My own kingdom is a temporary kingdom, but his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Yes, his dominion is from generation, his dominion is from generation to generation. I, I, Nebu, I was at rest in my house. The man was telling the story. My brother, jump to verse, jump to verse 34. This was by the time he went to the University of Animals to earn his doctorate degree to humble himself before the Almighty God. Verse 34, read. And at the end of the time, at the end of the days, I Nebu, I lifted up my eyes to heaven. My understanding returned to me. Yes. And I blessed the most high. I blessed the man began to do praise and worship. I blessed the most high. Yes. I praise and honor the one that lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to what he wants to do in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of planet earth. There is nobody that can stop him. And you dare not ask him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, yes. my honor and splendor returned to me. Everything returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom. Excellent King Majesty was added to me. Now, this is the final word of Nebuchadnezzar in the whole Bible. Now, I, Nebu, I praise and extol. I honor the King of Heaven. All of his works are true. Everything he does is true. And his ways justice. All of his ways are just. And everybody. Everybody that walks in pride, he is able to bring them down. I am a testimony. He did it to me. And he will do it to you if you are not careful. Signed, Nebuchadnezzar. Question. People that talk like this, do they go to hell? 
Who brought him to this point? It was not one of the priests in the temple. It was somebody in, it was a lamp that was on fire out in government house in the palace. Who told you that God does not want Nebuchadnezzar as in heaven? Are you more righteous than them? Where will the priests in the temple reach Nebu? All those priests in Babylon, you know what they did? They said they are the ones that wrote Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and there we wept. When we remember Zion, is that what God told them to do when they get to Babylon? <laughs> Jeremiah told them, engage society. Seek the peace of the land where I have carried you captive. And in the prosperity of that land, you yourself you are going to prosper. But when they got to Babylon, they hung their harps. We, they were filled with nostalgia. God said, look, you are not coming back in a hurry. You are going to stay there for 70 years. Settle down. I know the plans I have for you. You don't know. When people quote that, I know the plans I have for you. You know what the next verse says? He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and the hope and expected them. He said, when 70 years have completed, I will come back and I will visit you. So the plan included 70 years in Babylon. You are not coming back in a hurry. That's what God told them. Engage the society. But they were hanging their harps by the rivers of Babylon. They wept. They cried. Then they began to pray for Nebu's destruction. They say, Babylon, you wicked Babylon, happy shall he be that we carry your children and smash them on the rocks. But Daniel was in government house, bringing the light to the king in that place. Until that man, before he, he left planet Earth, he fell down before the Most High God and he worshipped God. God provides platforms for his people. And finally, God provides power for his purpose. I said God provides what? Power for his purpose. So from all that you have been taught throughout this week, what must you do? I want to mention some things and then I'm going to close with the power component. Number one, cultivate the divine perspective. Remember what you saw, that God sees differently. Do you remember that? The things that are highly esteemed among human beings, what are they in the sight of God, everybody? They are abominations. The things that people see and they say monumental. When God sees them, what does he call them? Monstrous. Cultivate the divine perspective about everything, about life, about people, about priorities, about time, about eternity. See things as God sees them. Be consumed by the person of Jesus. Remember that you saw that Jesus is the true life. Amen? Eh? He is the bread of life. He is the water of life. He is the prince of life. He is the Lord of life. But Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
Jesus must become the overriding, incomparable, incontested passion of your heart. Let other people be looking for what they like, but set your heart on Jesus Christ. Ah! But Paul said, I want to know him. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. I want to be conformed unto his death. I want to know the power of his resurrection. The next thing is embrace the two priorities of life. Do you remember Acts chapter 20 verse 24? Did you come across that scripture, everybody? None of these things move me. Did you come across that scripture? Huh? Acts chapter 20, 24. But none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life as dear to myself. If only I may do what? I may finish the race and complete the task which the Lord Jesus Christ has given to me, the task of testifying to the grace of God. Run your race and finish the task. When you finish your race, what are you going to hear? You are going to hear, Welcome, thou blessed of my Father. Enter into the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And when you finish your task, so every one of us, we have a race to run and a task to accomplish. Say that with me. Race and task. One more time. Race and task. Every one of us has a race to run. What is the race? The race represents your Christian life. Your personal walk with God. Your journey from time to eternity. That is your race. But then you also have a task to accomplish. What is the task? The task is your assignment, your job, getting the gospel to those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, burning and shining as the light where the Father God has located you. That is your task. So as you are running your race, you are fulfilling your task. Both of them go simultaneously, not sequentially. It's not when you finish the race, then you will start the task. No. You run the race and you pursue the task at the same time. And then when you finish your task, what do you hear? You're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. So what are the two rewards? What are the two rewards? Welcome. And what's the second reward? Well done. Those are the two things I want out of life. Those are the two things I want out of life. When time gives way to eternity and I stand before my master, Jesus Christ, the son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. There are two things I want to hear from him. Welcome, thou blessed of my father. Enter into the kingdom prepared for you. When you finish your race, you are received into glory. Thou shalt guide me with your counsel in this world and afterward, you will receive me to glory. And then, when you complete your task, come and hear about Paul. He said, I have finished the race. I have finished the task. Whoa! I have completed my course. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the victor's crown of righteousness, which the Lord shall give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to those who have loved disappearing. When you finish your task, you complete your job, and you stand before Jesus, he's going to look at you and he's going to say to you, well done. Good job. You see these two things I've said to you, they are the things I'm living for. I want to run my race and end up in glory. 
if only in this life we have hope we are of all men most miserable i warn you whatever you do with your life don't miss heaven anything that will jeopardize your name in the book of life any secret sin that stupid pornography in that your phone get that thing out of your phone in the name of jesus christ get it out out of your heart and out of your life Anything that will endanger your eternity is, a, is, a, is, a, is the worst enemy of your soul. Because everything does not end here. There is a day coming when we are all going to stand before Jesus Christ to give an account of our lives. Run your race. He said, don't you know that in a race, everybody is running, but only one person will receive the prize? He said, so run your race in such a way that you can receive the prize. And then as you run your race, you are pursuing the task. You are preaching the gospel. You are doing your assignment. You are burning and shining from your platform in that hospital, in that university, wherever the Father has located you. You are the light in that darkness. You are on fire. I'm not talking of a doctor they sent you somewhere to do you service and you saw some foolish girls. Now that you are where nobody knows you, it's your turn to sleep around. Are you a child of God? Or you are playing games. You are burning. You are, you are on fire. You are, you are shining. They can feel the impact of your life in their community. And then you move to somewhere else. You move to somewhere else. And notice the platform has changed. But the lamp is still on fire. Somebody say lamps on fire. Lamps on. One more time. Lamps on fire. That is God's key for evangelizing the world. Lamps that are on fire. That's the key. Lamps burning and shining from every corner. Lamps that are burning and shining from the church pulpit. Burning. You know the job of the church pulpit is to set other lamps on fire. Is to radicalize the church so that it's not only the pastor who is burning. Everybody on, in the church is on fire. Then they carry their fire to wherever they are going. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. The next major key is grow your capacity. Grow your capacity on your platform. Grow your platform. Develop yourself. I thank God that that has been incorporated into this session of IFL. Develop yourself. Don't be a bottom of the ladder medical doctor. Grow. Train yourself. Equip. Determine the specialty where the Lord will have, have you grow your medical capacities. As you grow your platform, you will also be growing your resources. Because as long as you are lower down, you can only solve small, small problems. Why are consultants paid as much as they are paid? It's because of the size of the problems they solve. And when you have a ruptured ectopic, you don't need a house officer. <laughs> you need a consultant who knows what to do. Or a senior registrar who is experienced. When you have something in somebody's brain, you need a neurosurgeon. You don't need a registrar to open somebody's head and try to close it back. So the more you grow your capacity, the more you will multiply resources that can be used for kingdom advancement and for blessing humanity. 
and then the more influence you will get imagine that you are the neurosurgeon in that hospital and then you called 10 of the house officers in the hospital and you told them your story and you asked them to give their life to Jesus Christ how likely is it they are going to say no because your gospel is backed up with not just talk it's backed up with accomplishment it's coming from a throne it's coming with, with power it's coming with because you are what they want to be and now you are telling them that Jesus is a secret how likely are they going to reject that gospel grow your capacity prepare to go back to school your dreams of ease throw them out of the window and set your face if God has not told you anything otherwise the next step for you is a postgraduate program your first medical degree now is like pure water in Nigeria you, are, you have just entered into the arena now the next thing to do is to develop yourself to gain mastery on your platform the more you do that look at Daniel see the man kept on increasing until they, they hired the, do you know that when you raise why don't you put light on that because the impact of the light is best best felt from a height so I said the impact of light is best felt from a height that's why the sun is shining in the sky not in a valley somewhere a city that is set set where where set where everybody said where is the city set it's set on a hill why is it set on a hill why not in a valley the impact of light oh i never heard what i'm saying to you now the impact of light is best felt from a height You have great lights. Lights that that's why when you have a floodlight, it can it can scatter darkness in a wide range. What if you put it, what if you put it under a bushel? Why do they raise it high? Grow your platform. Set your face to develop yourself, to gain mastery. Your confidence will grow. When you talk to your colleagues, they will not say it's because you are a failure. Because they know that you are better than them in their field. But don't forget that as you are growing your platform, you are deepening your roots in God. You are becoming deeper in the things of the Spirit. You are deeply spiritual and thoroughly professional. You are burning with a fire for God. And you are an expert in your field. Listen, this is the revival that is coming. You are going to see this kind of people multiplied across the horizon in different professions, taking a stand for the kingdom in different places, standing as full time ministers, carrying the power of God, manifesting it in the law courts, in governments, in the media, in hospitals. And then finally, you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit of God.
go with me to Acts of the Apostles chapter 2. Remember, God has a purpose which he executes through his plans, walking through his people, whom he places where? On platforms, and he endows with power for their assignment. Acts chapter 2. It's a passage that you are familiar with. Jesus, before he left in chapter 1, he told them, he says, you, verse 8, he says, you shall receive power. Somebody say power. power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and what is going to happen, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost ends of the earth. Go to chapter 2 from verse 1. So they went, but even before that, for 40 days, Jesus appeared to them and he was teaching them about the kingdom. And then he ascended. And for 10 days, they went to the upper room and they began to pray. Look at what happened on the day of Pentecost, chapter 2 from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. One more time, suddenly. suddenly. There came a sound from heaven. This sound is not an environmental sound. It's coming from headquarters. It's a sound from heaven. Now we are tired of environmental sounds. We are asking for a sound from heaven. As of a rushing, 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 rushing. God was rushing power to his people to fulfill his purpose on planet earth. Rushing, rushing rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house not one corner of the house it filled the whole house the revival that is coming to the church now is going to fill the whole house it will not fill one corner of the church it filled the whole house where we are sitting then what happened in verse 3 everybody then there appeared to them divided cloven tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And then what happened? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, the world was never the same again. Peter preached on that day of Pentecost, 3,000 people got saved. Miracles, all kinds of things began to happen. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting in and through their lives. There's something I want to point out to you before we pray. The Bible says, on that day of Pentecost, what was it that arrived from heaven? Divided tongues. Cloven. 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 The word cloven in that scripture is diamerizo. Diamerizo, as pronounced in Greek. Diamerizo. You know what diamerizo means? It means utterly separate. Utterly separate. Cloven. Cloven, divided. It was not group fire that landed on them on the day of Pentecost. It was cloven tongues of fire. The Bible said it landed, distinct, utterly separate, landed on the head of each one of them. You know the problem with group fire is that when the group has scattered and when the big fire has scattered, everybody will go back to their darkness. So it was not group fire that came on the day of Pentecost. It was personalized fire pack 
on the head of each person cloven tongues like as of fire so what was it that happened when they scattered from the upper room everybody went where he went carrying his fire everybody had a fire pack you see you cannot afford to live from this place with group fire you are going to say to god where is my own tongue of fire that's a question you must ask as we are going to pray you are going to say to god i cannot depend on a group experience i want you to listen group christianity will not carry you far every lamp has to have his own fire burning and shining if it's going to make impact so when philip went to the city of samaria philip did not wait for peter why didn't he wait for peter because he was carrying his own fire he was present in the upper room and he was there in answer the apostles in the early chapters he got his own fire it was personalized fire something will happen to you in this place as you live from here tonight you are going to receive your own tongue of fire it will be fire that is burning in your life you don't need a crowd now because you have arrived and you are carrying the fire i said you have arrived you are carrying that fire when you get to a place you are not waiting for somebody there is something burning in your life and your job now listen before i let you go here tonight hi 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 hallelujah hi listen the lamp has two sources do you know that the first source of this first function of the lamp is to shine but there's something else the lamp can do do you know what the lamp can do if you carry that lamp and you bring it to a dead lamp and you maintain contact what is going to happen after some time that other lamp can catch fire so once you are a lamp on fire you have become a fire source okay i said you have become a fire source there is now capacity in your life to set other lives on fire imagine you now apart from just shining you are now setting other lamps on fire with the fire that is burning inside your own life are you ready to receive your own pack tonight this evening rise up on your feet and begin to pray you will receive power god has a purpose god has a plan it works through his people that he has located on his platform carrying the power of almighty god lift up your voice and begin to pray say lord i am available to your purpose i am available to your purpose eternal father in the name of jesus plenitess and attire father in the name of jesus here are these men and women these brothers and sisters lay your hand on every one of them tonight father radicalize them for your purpose arrest them possess them possess them arrest them ignite their hearts do something in their spirits burn inside them it's your satanic and that's a character father in the name of jesus lay hold on these brothers and sisters don't let them escape the dealings of your spirit your fire in their hearts not group fire father not group fire personalized fire personalized fire something burning inside them lord that will shine that will ignite others that will set their world on fire